0: Well, it's good to meet you guys. It's good to be with you guys tonight as your guest speaker for the night. Uh, really actually, yeah, the last time I taught was at the beginning of the semester and that was by design. <laughs> I try to get out as much work as I can. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am the alpha and the omega. <laughs> Well, I was gonna ask you, hey, what, what's, what's been our theme for the semester? <laughs> Anybody, pop quiz? Uh, uh, sure. sharks. sharks, yes, <laughs> <laughs> that, that probably has been the more significant theme for the semester, sharks. <laughs> what's been our theme for the semester? <laughs> <laughs> Looks of. Blank stares and confusion, yes. Uh, can I see some ID? right? Uh, identity, really, I mean, you can, you can put, put, the, put all that down into one word, identity. So now here's the, ac- here's the actual comprehension question. What are some of the things that we've talked about along the way in that? Anybody? Who I am as a woman. Who I am as a woman, yes. What? <laughs> Who I am as a man, all right, good. Okay. Okay. We've nailed down two. What who else? I who, I, who I am as someone in relationship, right? right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Which includes marriage, right? Um. <laughs> there we go. All right. About half of these, we'll, we'll get the other by just extension, right? Who I am workplace. Yes. Who I am as somebody in the workplace, right? Who I what am else? in waiting. Who I am in waiting. Yes. What, what, was that? What, what does that mean? What's that about? Yeah, yeah, right. And this beautiful lady over here was so eloquent. For us in that, right? What else? Oh, I ask myself that daily. What's that? Who I am in trials? Yes, yes. When, when horrible things are taking place in my life, or I've been through really horrible things, who, who am I as a follower in the midst of that kind of thing? Anything else you remember? As a student, yeah, yeah, that's a pretty uh, that's a pretty hot theme right now, right? Yeah. Hey, what else? Anything else you remember? I'm trying to remember any of others. Brand? Yes, Brandon talked about. Uh, <laughs> what did Brandon talk? He it, was about really it was really good. He talked about being Brandon. Right. right my identity as brandon pierce right that's it yes who i am when nobody is watching brilliant thank you yeah. Yeah. yeah now there there's a there's a kind of a common denominator under all of these themes and it's and it's about what they address and what what is that what's the one thing you can kind of put under all of these themes that who am I, right, right? And th- there's a there's a very important word in that. It's the pronoun. Who am I, right? All of these things have addressed uh, how we think of our identity as an individual, right? As uh, in, in the things that you face and the things that you go through. How do you think about? Your relationship with God. How do you carry out who you are as a follower, as a disciple? Um, <clears throat> and we even began the semester with with a story of an individual, right? Who was that? Anybody remember? Kind of what launched us? What? What? It's <laughs> it has been a long bit. Yeah, the story of Paul, right? Yeah, Paul. We talked about. <laughs> no, we, we we started with Paul, right? Because we love the story of Paul and how. How Paul it came to be Paul, right? How Saul became Paul. And, and, I mean, how did Saul become Paul? It was because of a, an extraordinary encounter with Jesus Christ. Um, and and that, that led us to the conclusion, you can't have a real encounter with Jesus Christ and not be changed by it. That's what transformation is. And that's the, that's the work of God, is transformation. To taking one thing and making something else out of it, and, and in our case, and as the people of God, making something really extraordinary, and making something holy, and making something that is perfect in His sight, and so then you know we then we just we've explored how we live that holiness out in all the areas of our lives, right? But that's us. That's I. That's that's our story, based on God's story. And all of that is extremely significant. But all of that goes towards the question of who are you? And that's good. And I'm glad we've been there. But the question we need to look at tonight is probably at the end of all that, ultimately, one of the more important questions, and that is who are we, right? Um, who are we? And that's not that's not a um, a way of thinking that we uh, we exist in, right? I mean, we we talk about all of us know this. We're an individualistic society. What we do, we think about ourselves as individuals. We value the individual. We um, we want the 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 success of the individual. We think about how we do what we do independent of other people, right? And that's, I mean, that's a marker of success is independence, right? If you can, if you can grow to a point of independence, of not needing other people, uh, then that's, that's a kind of success in itself, right? And that's, that's highly valued among us. And I won't denigrate that. Independence is important. But the kingdom of God is an idea of not you and you and you and you it's a it's an idea of all of us all of us with an identity before God and we have to wrap ourselves around that because it's so critical and this is not just a theological nicety okay now I think a lot of the things we throw around we can we can kind of go away with as say a nice comforting good sounding theological nicety that we can agree with right but it means something and that's that's what everything we've been doing is how we find the meaning of these you know these these theological niceties right but when we talk about the kingdom we're talking about all of us together and it is uh, the the idea of we is critical to the work of God in the world. So what do I mean by this? Well, let's look at some scripture. And I think one of the, the most significant descriptions of what God wants for the we, for the us, for the kingdom, is something that Jesus said uh, before God, actually, in John 17. Now, in this, in this section of the Gospel of John... Uh, Jesus is is basically giving his last words to the disciples before he uh, is arrested and is crucified. Or everything that we did through the stations of the cross, right? And so this is these are the moments. These are these these are almost literally the moments before all of the things that we did in the stations. Okay, and so this is he he says all of these these really really important things to the disciples about. Who he is, about who they are, about the work to come, about the, the Holy Spirit to come. But then he, start, he just stops and he starts praying. And we have like a whole chapter's worth of just prayer of Jesus before God. And here's, here's one of the sections in that, in the 17th chapter. My prayer is not for them alone, I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. the message of the disciples, right? That all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. There's some some theme words in here. What do you you see as the theme words in this section of of Jesus' prayer to God? One. One? Yeah. What else? What else would you put in there with one? What's another word that is very closely related to one? Unity. Unity, right? He's praying. He's fervently praying. Jesus Christ Himself fervently praying, and it's it's almost it's like this. It's almost this. I sense a begging kind of prayer before God that His people be one. That is, people be unified. Now, what does that mean? What what does it actually look like for God's people to be one, to be unified? Talk to me. What does that actually look like on the ground? Right here in this room, right now. Okay. Coming together to praise God. What would you add to that? Yes, Jenna. Getting busy for Jesus together. Getting busy for Jesus together. Excellent. (laughs) Great picture. I like it. Loving each other, other, okay? (laughs) Hold on to that. Acts two, he says. What else? What, I mean, like, just, just give me, you know, we don't, no. don't try to think of like nice sounding Bible answer. Like, like, what does it actually look like, not any personal, like if we're going to do this? What's that? Not letting personal opinion and stuff get in the way of worshiping God. Not letting personal opinion get in the way of worshiping God. Okay. Well, we could explore that one a lot, right? What else would you add? Service. Selfless acts. Okay? What else? Being real with each other. Being real with each other. Anything else you want to add to this? I mean, this is, I like this. This nice little pile of wonderful sounding things. What's that? Loyalty. Loyalty. What do you mean by that? When you say loyalty, what does that look like? It's okay keep going you got it when you're like anybody want to help her out what does loyalty look like no. all in That's huge. And I, I'm glad you said loyalty because loyalty is a value that I, I think is on the decline uh, for us culturally. Like, we, we, we understand and know less of what it means to be truly loyal to something or to, uh, to other people on whatever level, right? That's kind of an abiding kind of commitment, right? That you will stand by. What else? Just one or two other things you would put in this. What what does oneness and unity look like among God's people? Being peaceful together, not like stirring up discord. Okay. Hmm, that's good. What does that have to do with oneness, accountability? Accountability is, is a tool to keep us all moving in the same direction together, right? Yeah, you going to add some more? Something uh, yes. else? it's like you fail and you also succeed as a group. Like, if mm-hmm. failing, it's not necessarily only their fault, because, you know, nobody's talking. I had a, uh, I had a very long, deep conversation with somebody else um, just just a few weeks ago, um, who was very, very convinced that um, it is not necessary uh, to be in community uh, to be faithful. Uh, it's not necessary. Uh, to be a part of a church or a part of a group or anything to to be faithful, and maybe maybe that's true. I get maybe you can be a believer and not be connected to anybody else, uh, but I think it is extraordinarily counter to the whole design of the kingdom of God uh, to. To be an independent disciple, because those two words are necessarily contradicting to each other, right? Because disciple says I am a follower. Right? Disciple says uh, I am. Uh, th- there, there are no lone disciples ever anywhere in all of Scripture. Right? You, now, you have extraordinary people. We've talked about Paul. right? You have extraordinary characters throughout. But everything is always from the very beginning of time in the context of community, the community of God's people. Okay? Now, so we talk about what oneness and unity looks like because that's the desire. We've, we've established that as one of the primary desires of Jesus for his people that they be together, that they be one. And I'm glad that we didn't put out things like we all think the same things. We all have the same conclusions or the same opinions or the same whatever. Uniformity, right? Uniformity is not the same as oneness and unity because if, we, if, if Christ is calling us to uniformity, then what, what's our chance of success? just about zero, right? Because there is nobody in here that is exactly like me. There is nobody in here that is exactly like you. And there is nobody in here that is exactly like Jesus. But we have pictures. We have extraordinary pictures. And you know where we're going, right? Austin, you know where we're going. And we'll always go there, right? <laughs> right? What's the picture? Acts two. Acts 2. Man, you just can't get better than Acts chapter 2, right? at the end of Acts chapter 2, here's a picture of exactly what Jesus is praying about. So you have the concept, right? Here's the picture. And this is the the very first group of believers, fresh out of the water from from the day of Pentecost. And now it's like, what now? Well, here's the what now. And we'll read this a million times, and we'll read it a million times more, because it's exactly what we can be and it goes like this. You'll you'll memorize it after a while. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and they had everything in common. Now, they didn't have all of their interests in common. They didn't have all of their hobbies in common. They didn't have the, the things that they did in common. They had their lives in Christ in common, and they had everything that they had, even physically, in common, right? They, and, and here's what that looked like. They sold property and possessions and gave to anyone who had need. Every day they continued. How, how often? Every day. Every day. They continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily. How often? Daily. Daily. Can you imagine that? Daily. Those who were being saved. Now, it doesn't stop in Acts chapter 2. That's not like, you know, the pinnacle and then it just gets worse from there. Well, I mean, it kind of does. Because right, we've got the whole rest of the New Testament. And if you read the whole and the rest of the New Testament, you know that it wasn't perfect. But there's more. Right? We, we move ahead a couple, ch- couple chapters uh, in Acts, and, and there's another description. There's like this, this incredible prayer outbreak among the people. And, and, and in the midst of that, that, that revival or that prayer, kind of extraordinary prayer thing, it, it, there's another description of the believers. And it's like this all the believers were one in heart. In mind, no one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and God's grace was so powerfully at work in them them all that there were no needy persons among them. For from time to time, those who owned land or houses sold them, brought the money from the sales, and put it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to anyone who had need. Now, what do these descriptions sound like? If you had to put these, these descriptions from Acts of these believers all together into one word, what word would you use? Hmm? Selflessness, yeah? Community? Yeah. Nice? Got a little jinx going on here? Yeah. 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 What what other words would you would you use? There's a great word that is that is very closely related to community. That I think is even has even more power to it. Unity, okay, right? Right. I call it family. Family, <laughs> <Aww>. <laughs> family. This is what a family should look like, ideally, right? And a family is almost a, is even a tighter concept of community, or should be a tighter concept of community, because family it necessarily has that idea of loyalty in it, right? Of that lifetime commitment uh, to each other. And, and, and that's important because here's what I think happens among us and 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 you guys are here I don't I don't see this among you guys that are here in this room but I see this a lot I know you see this a lot is that we we treat our spiritual involvement or our spiritual identity like a restaurant right uh, the the, the church or, or, or community or being together with other people. is more like you go and you get served, right? It's a place that you go and you, you pay your money and you get served and you expect certain things to come to you, right? Um, and so what, what, how much do you do when you go to a restaurant? Or What do you do when you go to a restaurant? What? Sit and eat. Yeah, well, you eat, right? You consume, right? When you go to a restaurant, I mean, you are there to, con- to be served and to consume, right? That, I mean, that's the purpose of a restaurant. That's fine. But is that the purpose of community? Is that the purpose of church? Do we treat it like that sometimes? So I'm going to go, and I'm going to get what I need, and then I'll be filled or whatever, you know, however you want to describe it. And I'll get my fill, and then I'm good. Until the next time I need another fill, and then I'll get my and I'll keep filling from this kind of selection, this menu of goods and services of the church, right? Do we do we, do we kind of sometimes treat it like that? Do you know people who treat it like that? Um, and if you don't if you don't like what you get at a restaurant or you don't like the service that you have at a restaurant, or something tastes bad, what do you do? You don't go back, right? Or you go somewhere else next time, right? Like if the service takes two hours just to get your check, well, you know, you don't go back. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <whoa>. <laughs> uh, purely hypothetical situation. Uh, yeah, I mean, you don't like it, you go, you don't go back, right? You don't. There's no loyalty, no commitment, of course. But the kingdom of God, the church today should be, if it's like a family, and it's, and we say that it's a family, then it really should be like a family. And what's what's eating with a family like Thanksgiving dinner, right? Thanksgiving dinner is a whole lot different than going to a restaurant. If you're with your family at Thanksgiving dinner, what what? What usually are are most people doing? Helping. What? Dishes. <laughs> yeah, dishes, right? Right. Somebody's somebody's setting the table. Somebody's making this part of the food. Somebody else is making for this part. of the food. Somebody is is doing the dishes at the end. Everybody is contributing to what is happening, right? That's a family. That's what a family should be, right? Yeah. It's not a community, or church, or ministry, or whatever you want, whatever. It's, it, that's, that's the family. Right? You go, and you don't, you don't feed from it. You give to it. And that's what creates our oneness. That's what it creates our unity. That's what's create. that's what gives us our loyalty, and that's what gives us the power of family that Jesus is praying for. Right? This Thanksgiving dinner. We have the ability to be the community Jesus is praying for. We can do that. Do you believe we can do that? Do you believe that in this room right now, we can be exactly what Jesus prayed for 2,000 years ago before he went to his death? Can we do that? When these people were so filled with the Spirit... On the day of Pentecost, that you know, 3,000 or more were baptized and all came to Christ and were suddenly found themselves in this place. All these people from different places and different languages and different backgrounds were all in this place, but that's who they were. Can we be that right now in this room? I, I hope you say yes, but I hope you also seriously think about that, too. And what that means, right? I mean, the good Bible and you know the good nice answers to say yes, right? But that costs some things, though, right? What did it cost those people? What did it cost them to have that kind of unity? Their What's their possessions? Yeah, I mean that's one description. Every, nobody considered every anything that they had as their own. How often do you do that? How often do you consider everything that you have, or what little you may have, as not even your own? <laughs> You're right, that's how, that's how territorial we are. Like, that's my chair, right? It's not even your chair, but it's your chair, <laughs> right? Yeah, no, nothing they had was their own. Can you imagine a world where no, nothing voluntarily and freely by the motivation of God. Nothing that I have is truly my own. Right? What I have, what I have is God's and is therefore yours as well. Right? Do, we treat, do we treat even our stuff like that? How are we investing in each other? How, do, how are we doing to really, or what are we doing to really know, love, serve, and be there for each other? Is there someone who knows that they can talk to you about anything at any time? Can you think of who that person is or who those people are right now? If you can, then you're on your way to knowing real community. If you can't, then let's all walk together so that we all know that we can, right? Are you willing to share or give up what you have for the sake of people around you? Man, I love that list. I, I will love that list till the day I die because that represents everything that we're talking about here. Here is what I can do for you, right? That's the X2 model. What I love about a ragtag group like this is is that if you describe each one of us, this is an amazingly diverse set of people. Have you ever thought about just how different everybody in this room really is? I mean, even this little group right here right now is unbelievably different from each other. If we just laid everything out, right? Um, I mean, we've got liberals and conservatives and libertarians, and we've got black people and white people, and uh, maybe some people of indeterminate race. Um, <laughs> as an inside uh, artists, engineers. We've got left-brainers and right-brainers. Uh, people with blue eyes. People with brown eyes. We've got so many different kinds of people in here and so many reasons so why we should be conflicted Um, i mean we've got we've got different spiritual backgrounds in here we've got different theological beliefs about various things in here i mean and that's getting to our spiritual identity right but yet we can find some unity in that different we're different but we can have unity and we can have the oneness all together and that be our identity and not your identity and not your identity it can't necessarily be your identity it's the identity that we have all together right and it's not limited to this room it's not limited to to you know our group having unity we can have unity and oneness with God's people, all over this city and all over this world, and man, that what a fulfillment of Jesus' prayer that can be, if that's our identity. So I want this to be our guide as we conclude this school year, and we look into the summer and beyond. Right, this kind of uh, this kind of bond that we have. Is actually what can serve us as we go into this period where we all so many of us go in different directions. And then some of us come back here. You know, some, I mean there there will be those who will who will scatter to different places and and you know we're saying goodbye to. But this unity can last through that as well, right? Because this this unity is powerful and it's everlasting. We'll go back to Ephesians, where we were. This isn't on a slide. For this reason, I kneel before the Father. This is in Ephesians 3. From whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. Now remember, what's the you here mean? all 'all. (laughs) y'all through strengthen all y'all with power through his spirit in all y'all's inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith and I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. How do we grasp that love? Together. together. We can't do it alone. We, together with all the Lord's people, we grasp. Because that's how we know it. Because we are that. We are the body of Christ. We don't know the fullness of the love of God without each other. What is the church? God's people, right? It's just God's people. You, and in Christ Jesus, throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Let's, we're we're in the conclusion of this part of the year. Right? We need to we need to know our unity. We need to know our oneness, so that this will go with us. During this time of, you know, scattering and doing uh, different places and different things, how can we? And I'll just leave you with this question: How can we maintain our oneness and our unity together as we go into this time of, you know, scattering and separation? I mean, that's for you to to think about and to answer. Because how important is that going to be? Right? How important is that? is maintaining that oneness and that unity going to be as we go back into you know, the, the next school year, right? And how can that witness of us be? Uh, what, what kind of power can that witness have just in this place, in this community, on this campus, right? for people to see oneness, and unity, loyalty, and commitment, and love? Because what did Jesus say? I'll leave you with this it's actually conditional may they be may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me may that all of them be one so that the world may know that you have sent me our oneness is what is, is the testimony to the world that God is real. That's how important it is. So let's be that. Let's be that. And I love you guys because I know that's what you want. So let's do that. Well, let's, we're going to finish up.